everybody. You're listening to episode 24 of the Integrate Yourself podcast with Allison and Maya. I'm your host, Allison Pillow of PureEnergyPDX.com, and Maya Gottlieb is my co-host, and you can find her at MayaGottlieb.com. Maya and I are both certified nutrition and fitness coaches and together we share with you guys over 20 years experience we've had in the field coaching clients in nutrition fitness and emotional wellness we teach you how to become your own authority when it comes to your health and wellness we share with you creative ideas on how to integrate all aspects of health into your life so today Maya and I have a special segment planned for you guys it's all about anti-aging protective hormones, how those get produced in your body, how they work in your body for a faster metabolism, slowing the aging process down, and for better brain function. It really comes down to regeneration and how well you are able to recover from the stresses in life, and we talk more about that on the show. This show was created because we got some feedback on our Facebook group, the Integrate Yourself podcast community group. And you guys told us that you wanted to hear more about these anti-stress protective hormones. So that's why we brought this show to you today. And if you guys want to know more or there's other things or topics you guys want us to talk about, definitely join that Facebook group, the Integrate Yourself podcast community. And please let us know. Let us know what you're interested in. We'd love to hear from you and address it on the podcast. So without further ado, here's the show. pregnenolone, progesterone, and DHEA. There are natural protective hormones. We're going to give you guys an idea of how those actually work in the body to combat the stress and the aging and and slow it down and how you can use those to your advantage. Maya, I just wanted to start by talking a little bit about uh, cholesterol and how that is a factor in this whole process, starting with pregnenolone and how that is, um, how cholesterol is a precursor or it is needed to produce pregnenolone since it's uh, since basically cholesterol gets converted into pregnenolone and how important pregnenolone is for, for progesterone and DHEA um, and then how also uh, thyroid hormone is needed and vitamin A are needed to convert the cholesterol into progesterone. So that's kind of the process. That's a little bit of an overview of how it works. You know, people take uh, some, of, some of the hormones that we're going to talk about that are actually... Um, uh, down the road from these other from these protective hormones, which are estrogen, testosterone, aldosterone, uh, cortisol. Sometimes people will take testosterone or estrogen to try to get the to try to counteract the aging effects, but that actually can come uh, that can actually age you faster. So I guess we could start with um, what you first said about how food is, or fuel, and we'll say fuel because it's not always food as much as what you're um, ingesting in terms of energy. So let's say your fuel, so because you could do liquid or you could do regular food. If we go back into the cell where you just mentioned the cholesterol is converted into pregnenolone, that's in the mitochondria. And the mitochondria have to have energy to be able to do this protein synthesis, the steroid synthesis. And each of those things produce another cascading event. And if you um, have low fuel, then that part of the um, uh cascade can't be made and pregnenolone is then converted into progesterone which is then 
uh, there's two routes. You can do the progesterone or you can go into DHEA. And each of those will create a different um, uh, uh, precursor. So um, there's different enzymes that uh, will help pregnenolone go to progesterone, which I think I remember, but only because I wrote this down recently, is 3-beta-hydroxysteroid-dihydrogenase, which is a really <laughs> mouthful. mouthful. Yeah. And then the other one is 17-alpha-hydroxylase, which is what helps pregnenolone turn into DHA. And these are all your um, steroid uh, uh, synthesis that is influenced by how your thyroid is working and how much vitamin A is in your system. Progesterone then goes into your corticoids or your androgens, which is progesterone or DHEA. So um, that's a short way of saying it, but there's, you know, the corticoids turned into your aldosterone and your cortisol, and then your DHEA turns into your androgens, your testosterone, and your estrogen. So if any of those get inhibited, you are either increasing your cholesterol because it's not being converted because the... Uh, the pathway has been stopped. So if you're constantly in stress, you won't be able to produce enough energy for that cycle to keep going to create the steroids that you need. Right. So it kind of impedes the uh, or inhibits the synthesis uh, of cholesterol to pregnenolone, which is a problem, right? And that's why I think why people get high cholesterol because the conversion is not happening. Um, yeah, the thyroid's low; it's not functioning very well. That kind of thing. Well, it feeds back on the loop, right? right. So, like creating the low function because you can't produce will also inhibit any other um, cycle to come back. So, if you took the cycle where um, T4 needs to go to T3. So you have increased cortisol because you're stressed, right? Mm-hmm. So it inhibits that inability for the liver to create the T3, which is important for the liver function, the thyroid function, and your protein synthesis is is not able to happen. So you create more of the fatty acid chain happening. So you keep creating that reducing of the muscle mass because it's eating away the muscle and then creates more of the same. So in that loop also, you create um, increased estrogen. And estrogen is another one that keeps the cortisol um, cycle going. So you're always creating the loop that is not allowing you to create the protective hormones, which we're talking about, pregnenolone. And those are also called eusteroid hormones, but they're the ones that keep everything in balance. So as you talked about the supplementation of just testosterone or estrogen or something like that, you're not really getting to the problem until it kind of fades away by your body regulating itself. But you're just kind of covering the symptom. Well, and also the way I see it is these hormones help your body to go into that auto-regulation kind of um, adaptation phase. So your body kind of knows what to do. It's just a matter of like how much stress you have on your body uh, through aging, even like a depressed mood, low thyroid function, exposure to toxins, environmental toxins, stuff we put on our skin that, you know, would increase estrogen in the body, especially for women. And then, of course, for women after the age of 40, the ratio of estrogen to progesterone starts to change. And that's why you see a lot of women who gain weight, their moods change, um, their memory, you know, changes. And then I also heard something that was really interesting about that, that 
women, it's like a, I don't know if this is still the case, but there's like a 10 to 1 ratio for women to get Alzheimer's uh, more than men. That is incredible. <laughs> well, if so. you think about the brain and how the pregnenolone is like 100 percent more in the in the brain than it is in the other in the tissue, so it's really prevalent because, from what I understand, the brain white matter is made of like 95 percent um, cholesterol, which. Um, if you think about what we just said about how cholesterol can turn into pregnenolone, the accessing of the pregnenolone is so vital for, you know, just the brain cells themselves because they actually feed better with glucose. And if you keep reducing low carb, you keep putting yourself in a fatty oxidative thing, you're causing an increase of insulin resistance to occur. And there's a, you know, studies about this. And that's kind of why people um, don't understand that they're, you know, when you say you're, you're not allowing yourself to have sugar, you're actually inhibiting brain function. And that's where the fogginess comes in. This becomes the issue with dementia. Um, cause they, they say Alzheimer's is kind of the, um, uh, dementia version of the brain, dementia of the brain. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into what happens to women, after I just talked about like the cycle of increased cortisol causes increased more estrogen, which causes more increased cortisol, that loop keeps running. And as the tissues keep cycling through that estrogen, because it's usually never in as much as in our blood as we, we take the blood test, but they, they really don't take a biopsy of the tissue to find out what's happening to the estrogen once it's in the cells. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a quick second because I think like what you, that's very true. Like when you get uh, a doctor, when you go to your doctor to get tested for high levels of estrogen, they'll usually test the blood. They won't test the tissue, but, the, but what you're saying is the estrogen is actually in the cell. So you have to test the tissue in order to know like how how much estrogen is is in there. So I don't, and, I don't know if that's a and that's test probably no. It's something you can't really get done, right? It's yeah. um, something where well, if you're going to take tests, you have to kind of take um, different tests. So prolactin is a, a, a good um, register for how much estrogen is in your body. Um, prolactin is the, I think it's the androgen. I can't always remember the backup of how that it works, but it basically comes with um, increased serotonin and increased um, prolactin. So if you um, check your um, vitamin D, you check your prolactin, you, you check your thyroid panel, you get that profile better and you can see what's happening to with the prolactin involved. So there's a little bit of more understanding of more things in a, a repeat cycle than you think. You know, the, and you can you can simply see it in women who have a lot more body fat. It's going to some of the really beneficial effects that could happen if you have a high level or you have a normal level of pregnenolone would be an improved memory. Um, calming effect on emotional wellness prevents uh, prevents edema uh, because it's taking it's not it, it's not uh, the cells will not hold the water anymore to be the water will be outside the cell and then it normalizes the stress hormones which you know which are your cortisol your estrogen uh, testosterone and 
improves function of thyroid and your metabolism, promotes brain regeneration, and then improves joint mobility, prevents arthritis. What we don't also realize about arthritis is that we all know it's about inflammation, but it's also about low energy. So really what it comes down to is the low energy creates inflammation because the body's trying to keep up and it just doesn't have enough reserves to actually regenerate. So the cells just keep dying. So yeah, and so of course it, it also helps to prevent tumor growth brought upon by an estrogen dominant tissue. So um, those so are some really it, great things. Yeah, go ahead. So one of the things is like, um, first we have a, a bit of a dogma that came out where estrogen was better and that that's where estrogen right. therapy was considered. So we have that part, but now research has kind of shown up that they're really giving credit to pregnenolone, and some have saying it's the grandmother of steroids because it is the it's the seed of all of the steroid function. So um, it's the it's the first step, and then you, from there you've got to understand where it's produced. So it's produced in the adrenal glands. It's it's in your food. Whenever you eat something, it can be produced from that, that skin to test, your testicles, your ovaries, and your brain. So like I said, with the brain, if you think about the the amount that's there that in its in its need for there because of its um, of what it does because the cholesterol is 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 actually helpful whereas people right. tend to believe cholesterol isn't helpful but cholesterol is actually the the ground forces that say okay we know these walls are weak we're going to help support it and we're going to keep your arteries from collapsing we're going to keep the flow going but as the stress starts to build even more then you get more more collective cholesterol, which is where the dogma kind of throws people out into believing that cholesterol is bad, but it is actually the support system until you start to regulate your blood sugar better, your food frequencies, and you allow the stress to come down because you're stacking stress as you keep getting, adding, adding, and adding. And the nervous system has only so much that it can attain to. Right. So it's going to start shutting things down. And reproduction is one of the things that will stop when you're in the fight or flight because it doesn't have time to reproduce and then help you heal. And one of the things that um, the pregnant alone helps with is the calcium. So I think it's acetylcholine release that happens. And the, where a lot of people get uh, really interested in is when their calcium is low, but they think, oh, I got osteoporosis. But it's the same situation. It's locked in a different place. It's not being right. released and that's where people would get into magnesium issues where they're basically low magnesium but or they start getting cramping when they're um, in bed. They get cramping when they exercise. You know, the system is actually just overtaxed and that calcium can't be released. Then the system starts pulling from the bone because it says, okay, I need that calcium. Right. And so you have a lot more contractile issues happening in the muscles and loss of bone because of the breakdown. It's just like what I said with the cortisol increasing estrogen. Cortisol then increases the stress hormones that keep you pulling from your muscles. It breaks down your protein. It breaks down into sugar because it's looking for the sugar and you don't give it. And so then it's going to say, oh my God, I got to get it somewhere. Right. So the, it's the cycle too. You know, most people want you to, as 
as us being personal trainers and helping people, they want to lose fat and gain muscle. But we're kind of fighting ourselves by not allowing these people to understand or influencing them by saying, let's keep, you know, giving you hard workouts when your body is just simply not functioning, you know, where we misread some parts of function is, oh, I must have a bad leg. I must have a bad this because I broke this or I tore this and that's the problem. Where it's really just the nervous system isn't flowing back there as much as it should because it's yeah. it's diverting away from that part to save other parts. So then you constantly have injury over injury um, because we keep diverting the energy to save the body it's not able to heal at night you're having um, either restless sleep or no sleep or you're having hot flashes or you know in terms of night sweats because the cortisol levels are increased as you go into sleep but um, the main thing I wanted to bring up was the brain function so like the brain if it doesn't get enough so like the hippocampus and the amygdala so the hippocampus is about the memories right so while all about your memory. We talk about brain fog a lot. So, and also we talk about the uh, amygdala is about emotions. So if you think about women who get um, lost in emotions or have brain fog, you kind of can correlate why they're having this issue because estrogen keeps flowing in their system, causing that cell to have, you know, not able to get out of the cycle and go into the Krebs cycles. And so what happens is you are increasing the stress to that body part, especially the brain. Emotions are heightened and the memory is lost. And so you got to think of also eye concentration, things like this that really are being um, diverted away because it's not on the high priority list at the moment. Your your heart's got to be, things have to keep flowing. So the DHA, the the pregnenolone and the progesterone are those protectors for the excess of the stress hormones. So your body creating it and synthesizing it through its natural forms, that is a protector of the brain from burnout, which is helping the brain keep its function, allowing you to have memories and uh, your emotions in more control. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing that, um, that it works like that <laughs> and that we, yeah. we blame ourselves so much to control our emotions, you know, when it's, it could be a, a total uh, biochemistry issue or, or physiological issue, right? Or just not managing our stress well, because yeah. we, we believe we, we got, you know, we got so much to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, or, and the need just to keep going or we're running on adrenaline and cortisol and we don't really realize it. People live off of that stress. So they feel like I'm not hungry. I feel good. Or I've had a caffeine high. Right. And yeah. I, and I, li I kind of am doing really, I'm bright and, and, and excited, but then the body starts to feel the fatigue. If you're paying attention now, if you're so stressed, you start to feel that down slide. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I, and I think also one thing I've really been paying a lot of attention to, uh, recently is muscle spasms. <laughs> muscle spasms are a huge indicator of your body saying, Hey, we don't have enough energy to actually keep going here. So we're going to slow you down a little bit. Right. Um, the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. The and muscle contractile. I just... think, you know, if you see a health industry kind of started taking on the um, belief that uh, athleticism meant health. 
So if you're an athlete, you know, you know, people really kind of work around this aspect of low heart rate, uh, low pulse. And, you know, so it's, it's not synonymous, actually, you know, you're more conditioned, but you're not really healthier. What you're doing is slowing down the mechanism so that you can um, be like a racehorse ready to, you know, do your sport. And, when you kind of look at the health of a, a long-term athlete, they they show that the the health is starting to diminish. That's why they always say, you know, when you're young, you can be um, a great athlete, but when you get older, it's not so good. Um, and that's why you know sports leans into the youth because you know you're strongest then. But it is really just that what we talk about many times is the quickening of the aging because yeah. the body doesn't have time to keep the thyroid working, the liver function. Is is being taxed a lot more because you're you're pulling from the glycogen. Well, that brings us full circle back to the anti-stress and anti-aging hormones. Like you're gonna, you have those when you're younger. That that's that's what helps you regenerate so fast. But as you get older, it's not that you can't like keep doing things. Like you can still be really active, but I think it's like you have to really pay attention to how you're recovering and how much how much you're putting into your recovery. Like needs to be a lot more. Um, planned out. You need to be aware of what's going on in your body. So those are the things that I think are really different, especially like we said for women, when that ratio really starts changing after the age of 40 of estrogen and progesterone. And we've talked a lot about, about pregnenolone, which is a precursor to progesterone. So let's talk about progesterone, how it can be really great, especially for women to, and offsetting the estrogen dominance and helping the body recover much faster. I, I think you kind of just said the, the key point about it is that it is the precursor. So like uh, once pregnenolone is there, then it's diverted into whether it's progesterone, estrogen, or testosterone. And I think another androgens, but the ratio of progesterone to estrogen is a real issue with fertility, right? right? So one of the things that we pay attention to now is when women have been too stressed, they lose their period, or if they have uh, low thyroid functioning, they come in a reading where they say may they, they may not have enough estrogen, or they never come in saying they have too high of estrogen, but it's because the same issue we just talked about with the tissues and where the estrogen's being stored. And so when you um, think about how much is in your body and then how much you're not making of progesterone because it's the synthesis isn't happening, you are creating um, a, a ratio differentiation that is hard for the body to get out of that cycle. So progesterone is going to help men too. It's not just women, you know, it's, it's, but they, they would be best in, in kind of working with pregnenolone right. versus progesterone because they get converted into just to, uh, the testosterone, you know, levels have to be balanced a little bit different, but, um, mostly, what we're looking at is like any of that inflammation that's being created is keeping the synthesis from going. So, um, progesterone is like the next step down to how healthy you are in terms of, are you, are you sexually active? Do you feel, um, vital, you know, men, especially if they're having, uh, impotence problems, women, if they're having, uh, major issues with their period. So the progesterone and, and, and all that can then 
be the cascade into what your mineral deficiency can be seen as happening, right? right. Because the minerals also are part of the um, makeup of what's happening in your cell. So you got yeah. kind of a combination of things happening. I've got a, like a list of symptoms for progesterone uh, deficiency here. So adult acne, uh, aging of the skin, wrinkles, anxiety, allergic, uh, like having allergies, a lot of sinus issues, arthritis, any kind of appetite disturbance, like not having an appetite, asthma, bleeding gums, blood pressure issues, high or low, bruising spontaneously, cancers caused by excess estrogen, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, cold hands and feet, constipation, colitis, depression, edema, endometriosis, emphysema, epilepsy, facial hair, I guess that means for women, um, fainting, fatigue, fibroids, fluctuations in weight, gallbladder symptoms, glaucoma, goiter, headaches, hypo, uh, like migraines, hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, uh, immunological uh, problems, infertility, inflammation diseases, inner ear dizziness, insomnia, menopause, um, memory problems, and dementia, optic neuritis, um, osteoporosis, premenstrual syndrome, PMS, and uh, varicose veins and bulging veins. So that, that's a long list of progesterone deficiency, which is kind of incredible. Like, just to think like, hey, if we just change that ratio and brought up our progesterone levels, like, think about what we could do with that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, um, and that's, yeah. you know, it's not much we have to do as much as stop doing certain things to help the body do what it's naturally supposed to do. Right. So reducing PUFAs, which are the polyunsaturated fats, because it creates inflammation and increases the cortisol and defunction and creates the problem with the liver so that the T4 doesn't convert to T3. So think about like what happens naturally to the body is just being impeded. There is more just getting out of your own way. One of the things we keep thinking is we have to do something and we don't, we really have to just let go of things, you know, that yeah. we've, that weren't really working for us, but we really thought they were. Um, and, and that we go back to what we always talk about, Allison, is the temperature and pulse. That's going to help you, um, see a pattern and you don't have to do that every day for maybe three days to a week just to see if there's a pattern and if for example your temperature and your pulse goes low as the day progresses and or it's into midday then you know that there is a um an issue with your energy production so um and then based upon those readings your base what we call our baseline reading then you can get all kinds of information from that and there's many different avenues you can go down for that. But that's how we start people. That's how we help people um, begin the process of really using their um, their own body's response to help them know where to go with the nutrition aspect of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simple too, right? Really simple. It's... Low tech doesn't cost any, I mean, it costs what, $7, no, maybe 14 now to buy a, <laughs> <laughs> to buy a thermometer. <laughs> They have gone up in price a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. And you just really, the hardest thing is probably logging everything, to be honest with you. That's the, that's the biggest challenge that I have with my clients is, and myself, too, is really just writing everything down, remembering to do it, you know. It, you know, so 
But once you get kind of in the swing of things and, and it's important enough for you to want to know the information, then you'll do it and it'll all come together. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to watch this podcast, definitely check out my YouTube channel under Allison Pillow on the Pure Energy Wellness channel, or you can check it out at on Maya's channel under Maya Gottlieb. Please join us next week when we'll be speaking with Esther Gokle. She is the creator of the Gokle Method Institute and has published a book called Eight Steps to a Pain-Free Back. Her book has sold over 100,000 copies and has been translated into eight languages. I had the honor of seeing her speak at the Ancestral Health Symposium this year in Seattle. And I have to tell you guys, you're in for a treat. She is amazing. So definitely tune in next week for that one. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys again soon.